This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Harbor family. Gosh, here we are again, gathered at Harbor at home. So excited to be with you in living rooms all across this region. Maybe this morning you're joining us from somewhere else in the nation or even around the world. It's so good to be with you. Uh, there is something special happening in the body of Christ. I'm going to be actually teaching Uh, to you as if you were a believer in Jesus. If you're not this morning, may this inspire you to move towards those ends. But I believe there's an awakening happening in the church like never before, where we truly are able to understand who we are. How do we see ourselves as ones in Christ? And so just for the next few minutes, I'm going to be talking about that with you And then we're going to have an amazing time of conversation within our groups with some really provoking questions. But let's just jump right in. I believe that it's it's a movement in this awakening from working solely from the foundation of, hey, here's what we do to understanding and seeing ourselves in him through what he has done. It's really the the living from the completed work of Christ Jesus and what he accomplished on the cross. This is going to be bring in a powerful awakening of fruitfulness, I believe, to the church, unlike we ever have seen. And the harvest is going to be pulled in like never before in human history. I believe that with all of my heart. So let's let's take a look at this this morning because there's two... Um, frames of, 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 of thought that we actually come at this from, where we have faith in terms of who we were in Adam, which is an unfortunate mistake, or we begin to mature and move into an understanding of who we are in Christ and the completed work that he has accomplished for us. Look at this with me in Romans chapter 3, verse 23. It says, for we have all sinned, we've read this verse a million times, and are are in need of the glory of God. That's in Adam. So in Adam, we were born into Adam. And because of being born into Adam, we have all fallen short of the glory of God in that reference. But look what he says in verse 24 of chapter 3 of Romans. Yet through his powerful declaration of acquittal, Look at this legal term. It's so powerful. It says, God freely gives away his righteousness. His gift of love and favor now cascades over us. All because Jesus, look at the language here, the anointed one has liberated us. We've been set free. We have been just released from all prisons of the guilt and the punishment and the power of sin. That is incredible. So how we see ourselves in Christ and have faith in that reference versus, oh, we've all fallen short. We're going to live this defeated life. It really determines how we live and how we function in life. In Christ, we have the potential for a glorious life. Look at Romans chapter 5, verse 18. 
Paul, the writer here, says, in other words, just as condemnation came upon all, through, on, upon all people through one transgression in Adam, all right, so through one righteous act of Jesus' sacrifice, look at this, the perfect righteousness that makes us right with God and leads us into victorious life is now available to all. Can you imagine? So the same thing that came upon us through one man, Adam, that brought us into death, now through this one man, Jesus, we all have the potential to be brought into this victorious life. Verse 19, in fact, says that we have been made perfectly right. You don't have to turn there, but it's powerful reference here in us seeing ourselves as believers in Jesus. Because today, what I want you to be able to learn this morning is that as believers in Jesus, three things have taken place. And these are kind of spiritual terms that we're going to try to make more practical. But number one, we've died with Christ. Number two, we've been raised with Christ from the dead. And number three, we are now seated with Christ over all things in the place of authority. It's very important on how we see ourselves because it's going to affect the way that we live. So let's look at these three quickly this morning. Number one, we have died with Christ. What does that mean? Again, we're moving from the reference of being in Adam to now in Christ as believers. So what it means is that we are dead to our old Adamic nature, and we have now taken on a new nature in Jesus. You see, all things have become new as we died with Christ. Number two, the power of sin no longer has any hold over our lives like it once did when we were in Adam. We have to understand this. You know, I think we're, we're, the, the Bible talks about repentance, and that, that, that word literally means belief systems. Like, what you believe, you need to turn from those lies, and you need to turn unto the truth. I think we've believed more in the power of what Adam did than we are believing in the power of what Christ has accomplished. So in Christ, our old Adamic nature has gone away and we've taken on a new nature in Jesus. And it's process for us to understand this as we come into the understanding of this truth. But number two, the power of sin no longer has any hold over our lives. And we have the power because of this to live lives of people who are truly free. Look at Romans 8 too. It says, for the law, this is a representation of government here. That's the language. It's, it's, it's authoritative government for the law of the spirit. Now flowing through the anointing, Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. There's a greater law at work here. Do you believe it? Or do you believe that we're still under this other law, which is an inferior law? One law trumps the other law. One Adam, the second Adam, trumps the first Adam and what he brought into the world. See, Jesus is looking for one thing when he comes back. He's looking for faith. Faith in what he has accomplished and faith that his promises over his bride are yes and amen. And faith that we're going to exhibit his nature, which is the love of God. You see, we've been set free from an inferior reference. You know, there's a superior way of thinking and there's an inferior way of thinking. And as hu humans that are humble, 
that are taking on the identity of who we truly are, we don't need to take on an inferior reference. We need to take on our reference in Jesus, which is a superior reference. We're no longer broken, downcast, just holding on for dear life, hoping we're going to make it through this life and in this world. But there's something far greater that he has for us. In fact, I believe God's even doing a greater reformation here in the body of Christ in this time of awakening where culture, the broken culture of the world has a leveraged inferior references over people in regards to their ethnicity, their socioeconomic status, uh, their gender. And so if you even see in Galatians 3.28, look at this with me. This is very powerful. I believe there's a liberation from all inferiority into this superior reference of what Christ has done and brought humanity back into, which is our portion in life. Look what he says in Galatians 3.28. says, and no longer we see each other through our former state. Where culture of this world, you know, puts us in a box. He says, Jew or non-Jew, rich or poor, male or female, because we are all one through our union with Christ with no distinction between us. I remember it was so shocking when I took my first trip to India and within the caste system over there, you know, you have high caste people, superior people in culture, and then you have low caste people. In fact, there's one caste even below the lowest of low caste. They don't even believe that they're human in their distinction. Um, they could die and no one would even blink an eye at it because they're inferior. In Christ, no matter what culture tries to put us uh, into whatever box, we have been made one. We are all equal in terms of our value. And this is where I believe there's such an awakening coming within ethnic communities, within socioeconomic groups, within, within, within gender spaces. It's one of the reasons you see religion trying to, or, or the brokenness of this culture, trying to push those groups down, keep them suppressed. God is a liberator. He is bringing an awakening in these areas. We share in his death, which actually brings us into intimacy with him. How is that? How is that, Darren? When we share in his death, how do we have greater intimacy within him? Because we who we once were, who the world tried to t tell us that we were, we no longer are alive to that person. The only one we're alive to is Jesus. And so we cling to him for everything that we have, and we trust him, and we are enveloped in love. We no longer walk in any fear. I remember one of the, the favorite uh, series all time for me was Band of Brothers about these World War II um, troops in, 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 I think, the 1st Airborne Battalion. But it's, it's such a beautiful story of the courage of these men. But there was one man uh, in particular that just amazed his fellow soldiers. He would just run into uh, the lines of defense of, of his enemy without fear. And he would just, in fact, it was so astonishing even to the Germans at the time. They, they couldn't believe that this was actually an American running through and one time, one of the, the characters, it's actually a true story, but characters who was depicting one of the, the actual soldiers in this series asked this guy, how, how are you able to do this? He says, well, because in my mind, I'm already dead. So I have no fear. Think about that. We have already died with Christ. And we are now alive to him, in him. 
And he is our only point of reference through intimacy. It breaks off all inferiority from our lives. All right, number two, we've been raised with Christ. Look at this, Romans chapter 6, verse 1. We're moving quickly this morning. He says, so what do we do then? Do we persist in sin so that God's kindness and grace will increase? That's, that's a, a very extreme of this teaching that we have been brought into this accomplished work. And he says, of course not. What a terrible thought, verse 2. For we have died to sin once and for all. And as a dead man passes away from this life, so how could we live under sin a moment longer, under sin's rule a moment longer? You see, when we have died and now have been raised, we actually step into the fruit of what Christ accomplished, to break the power of sin that once held us in its grasp off of our lives. doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect every single day, but we're growing in process in this perfection that we carry on the inside. Again, through truth, renewing our belief systems. So powerful. Look what he says in verse 3. Or have you forgotten that all of us who were immersed in union with Christ Jesus, the anointed one, were immersed into the union with his death. He's reiterating the point one that I've already made. Verse four, sharing in his death by our baptism means that we were co-buried and entombed with him so that when the Father's glory raised Christ Jesus from the dead, we were also raised with him. So that power of death that Jesus was able to overcome through Holy Spirit now resides on the inside of us. It says we have been co-resurrected with him so that we could be empowered to walk in the freshness of new life. So we weren't just dead with Christ. We now have been raised with Christ. The dead had to happen because our old dynamic nature had to die. But now we've been raised with Jesus. Look at verse 5. For since we are permanently grafted in to him to experience death like his... Then we are permanently grafted in to him to experience resurrection like his and the new life that it imparts. Wow. This is our new identity in Christ. So intimacy is holding on to him in this death. Oh my gosh, I don't, this is new. The old life that I used to once have, it's gone. That's not me anymore. I'm coming into who I was always created to be. Jesus, I need you. I'm holding on to you in intimacy. But now this experience in being raised from the dead establishes us in our identity. It repositions how we actually live in him. So the first one is, God, I need you. You're all that I have. Intimacy. But then he moves us. How do you actually live? I'm going to teach you, son. I'm going to teach you, daughter. You're repositioned in me. Though things that you once used to do, you no longer do. Here's how you're called to live. Here's the fruitfulness of what it looks like for your life. Religion tries to adjust someone's behavior through sin management. The gospel introduces us to our new nature, our new identity, which is a new creation and our integrity, which is going to lead us into our final point where we actually manifest over the course of our lives this wholeness because we are seated with Christ. This is how we view ourselves. Last point. Ephesians 2, look at this with me. Verse 4 through 6. But God still loved us with such a great love 
He is so rich in compassion and mercy. Verse 5, even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins, he united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. Oh, my gosh. Verse 6, he raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm, for we are now co-seated as one with Christ. Okay, Darren, what does that mean? You see, it's just very simple. Because of our intimacy with him in our death, because of our identity as we've been raised from the dead, we now have been brought into close proximity with the Father. There's a union There's no more distance and delay, and we have intimacy with him. And because of this intimacy, we now step in, intimacy and identity, we now step into our our authority as we actually begin to manifest the integrity of our lives being changed and transformed from glory to glory, as the Bible talks about. So powerful. So the realm that the Father lives in, we have access to it. We're actually seated in that place. But we're not to just escape this world and go sit up there, right? We're living here right now. We're living in this life every single day. So what are we to do? We're to bring that world here. That's why when he says pray, do it like this. Our Father who in heaven is in heaven. Holy is his name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. We're those representatives bringing that world to the earth through Jesus, who's the bridge, through our lives being completely transformed and us demonstrating the love of God. So this is our portion in what Jesus has for us as people in Christ. We've been moved from being in Adam fully over to being in Christ. We have a completely new nature Our intimacy with him is where our faith kicks in. God, we need you. We don't look to anyone or anything else to save us, to keep us. We're being brought into our identity in this new reference. There's no longer an inferior view of who we are. And then out of those two things, intimacy and identity, integrity begins to manifest where actually who Jesus was and how he lived because he resides on the inside of us through Holy Spirit we now begin to demonstrate that so you're going to see some questions on the screen I want you guys in your groups uh, to take uh, a minute and um, and have some conversation about this because through this proximity that we have to the Father through this intimacy through the authority that we've now been given It's time in this awakening as we understand the gospel to go and change the world. So listen, enjoy your time of conversation. Uh, Go deep with each other. Ask some questions. Um, Have some good dialogue. Let's ask Holy Spirit to come, even in this time, so that none of us, when we leave this morning's group, will be the same person that we were before we came in. I love you guys. Have an awesome time together. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. 
Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.